Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that sea levels are slowly rising? And if this continue, it is estimated that in the next 80 years, islands like Solomon Islands, Maldives, Palau, Fiji, Seychelles, Cook Islands, French Peninsula, and Marshall Islands, to name a few, will be submerged. Our guest today is the founder and CEO of Kasuko, a theater-based collective which focuses on promotion, preservation, and celebration of South Asian languages and literature. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Tanya Daud. Thank you for having me, Mariska. You're most welcome. How did your sustainable journey actually start? I think in terms of being actively sustainable, my journey started about two years ago. But from a mental perspective or talking about it or being aware about climate change taking place, I think the conversation started earlier on a couple of years ago when I was at my parents' house. My parents started talking about dividing the waste that we had at home. Uh, we have a garden in, in our yard and uh, it's it's basically where food is composted and, you know, organic vegetables and fruits are grown. And so for the past few years, that's been happening at our place. I get called out a lot for wasting water. So that conversation was taking place. We were told not to waste certain things. But I think about three to four years ago, my sister got married and we were post the wedding. We went to the northern areas of Pakistan. And this was a time when a lot of photographers were coming up on Instagram and they were posting these pictures about how picturesque and beautiful and sort of untouched the northern areas of Pakistan were. They wanted to publicize that because unfortunately it gets a bad rep for certain things. So this was the positive side. And instead of being happy about it, I got really concerned because I was in those areas and I was thinking, you know, a lot of people are going to come here Mm. And I don't know if they're going to deal with it the way or take care of it the way it should be taken care of. And so I just started thinking about the issues we're facing in Pakistan and I wanted to start doing something about it. And I was in film at that point. So I thought maybe like a film or a documentary series about certain issues with water and ecotourism. But then Kisago happened and uh, we started thinking from the perspective of storytelling and theater and community outreach. So actively two years ago, when Faraz and I, my husband and I, we we started implementing certain steps in our household. And uh, that's when the journey really began. So, yeah, so that kind of led you to your new amazing project that you're working on. Yes. I'm, I'm going to try and pronounce this name, but how how would I say it? Kisago? Kisago. Kisago. Yeah, you're there. Uh, <laughs> Kisago means storyteller in Urdu. And the campaign on climate crisis in South Asia is one aspect of what we're doing with Kesago. 
So if I were to talk about Kissago, it's basically a theater collective, which is focused on the promotion, preservation, and celebration of South Asian languages and literature in a nutshell. We've been working since October 2016, and we've performed uh, at a variety of spaces from Al Sarkal Avenue in the UAE to Jamil Art Center to the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature and other community spaces. But one of the things that we do with our theater collective is, is the fact that we want to work on issues that are of importance in the region. Like I said, I wanted to do something about the climate issue, and uh, I thought storytelling could be a great medium to go about it. And one of the things that you also mentioned when we were talking a few, few weeks ago was that, you know, you guys kind of focus on preserving South Asian languages and like literature. Yeah. Tell our crazy birds, why exactly is that for you important? I've grown up by and large in the UAE. And I come from a family that is, uh, my parents uh, are, my mom is Pakistani, my father is Indian. And I have heard three to four languages in my household. They're spoken or, you know, um, I've heard them. And growing up in the UAE, studying in an O-level school or um, studying the British curriculum, your exposure is by and large to English literature mm -hmm. or to a Western perspective on history. And you learn more about the history of America or Britain as opposed to things back home. But because we were kept quite rooted to our culture and our language within our family. And my mom used to speak a lot about, or like we got exposed to certain languages and, and the depth of it at my household. I always felt like um, what I knew was not enough and it was lacking. And whenever I went back, I felt like there is, so much depth, so much heritage, so much history that we need to be proud of. And unfortunately, living as an expat or even within the country, somehow with globalization, we, we're getting away from our languages, from our literature, from our heritage. And I wanted to rectify that. Also, I'm super passionate about acting. I feel like Kisago is important because we have a fantastic cultural heritage and we we need to reconnect with it. We need to become aware of it. So if I were to say some of the things that we're working with Kisago right now, one of it is to develop a more deeper understanding of what our heritage is, uh, taking ownership of it, developing a sense of pride. It's cultivating new storytellers. You know, It's saying that from everyone, from a director to writer to dancer to musician, this is a platform and we can come together and collaborate and learn. It's um, looking into the issues within the region as a contemporary or a younger generation and wanting to work with them through storytelling. I just feel like it's important because when you lose out on your language, you lose out on your culture. Um, yeah, very you know, true. Yeah. And especially here, you know, in the UAE where we've got almost, you know, someone representing every single country in yeah. the world, which is fantastic. So then how would you guys then you together with your team and everyone you're working with, how do you guys then portray this message of like what's happening and like climate change mm. issues? Like what, what are some of the ways that you guys? For us, it's very important to speak about issues that matter to us in the region. Mm. Climate crisis, it's no longer a change. It's a crisis. It's South Asia is one of the regions which is massively affected. I mean, this is a global crisis. But if you talk about vulnerability, 
You have spots in South Asia like Bangladesh, which are ground zero for climate crisis. You have places like the Maldives, which mm. are set to be, I mean, that entire country could be submerged. We've had cases like this is not something which we're reading about. We're no longer reading about it. This is or something that will happen later in the future. Things are happening. A few years ago, we had a heat wave in Karachi where a thousand people and more died. We've had floods on a regular basis. Across India, things are happening. You know, you've got floods and storms and drought all happening at the same time because it's a vast region and a vast country. We thought, okay, you know, when you preach to people or when you talk about climate change, the language, unfortunately, can be very academic, mm. can be very dense, also very um, negative in the sense, you know, there is that aspect of, oh my God, it's doom and gloom. And exactly. it just, you just end up feeling like, okay, well, I'll clearly face. I can't do anything, you know, forget mm. about it. We thought a storytelling is is a much more impactful way of talking to people about such an issue. You could personalize it, you could humanize it. And also, this is an important issue. So we started thinking, we don't want to come into this with the mindset of, okay, we do one production and bam, we're out of there. Mm. We thought, let's build a campaign. Let's keep on doing a variety of stories from time to time, but also have community outreach activities. So workshops, field activities, and a host of other things that we are developing right now, just so that we can keep working on this issue. Oh, that's, that's very important. And I think, you know, when people go and see things like that, at the moment it is, there's so much doom and gloom that, you know, you do feel helpless. You do yeah. feel like, but how can I help? And I think it's important that organizations like yourself exist, that we can get that message out and that, you know, it's not like, boom, everything's negative. Yeah. It's like, you know, now we can actually have fun together and we can learn and we can actually educate people in a way that, you know, if, you, if they would have gone to a theater and see some music and like dance, then, you know, why not see it with a message as well? Yeah. So what would you say would be one of those things that, you know, when people come to one of your productions or one of your events or festivals, what would you say would be that one thing that you would love for them to walk away with and remember what they've experienced? So with our recent production, we had a few things that we really wanted our audience to take away from that, you know. One of it was sometimes, you know, there could be, with so many things happening in the world, and even though the climate crisis is a huge issue, sometimes you keep having hearing things in the background, but unless and until somebody just doesn't say it out loud or puts it in front of you, it doesn't hit you. You don't take it as seriously. So when we wanted people to come in, we wanted them to go back with a heightened sense of awareness and feel like, okay, this is a massive issue on the table and it's something that we need to do about and now. You know, mm. we cannot wait anymore. Second, we are really pushing for the concept of a community caretaker. And by that, I mean, we feel like everybody has a role to play. Yes, corporations are massively and substantially responsible for what is happening in the world. But I don't want, and I don't think we should all put up our hands and be like, nothing can be done about it, you know? Also with the play that we did, we wanted to just get people thinking about their ideas of development and industrialization. What happens when 
you know, there is rapid industrialization or when you don't take into account communities and their concerns, is it okay to just keep on building and building and building and not take into account their well-being? So those are the things that we wanted them to go back with, you know, just get thinking, just start the conversation. And I, I think we were successful in doing that. Yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds fantastic. And how can our crazy birds actually get involved with, with your organization? You know, on Instagram, it's very easy. Get in touch with us, message us. So we've started with the community outreach aspect of our campaign. We started with a soft launch in September when the global climate strike was happening. And starting November, we will start publicizing the offline events that we're doing within the UAE. We have partnered with people across South Asia and we're continuing to do that, as well as people in the UAE. That means hotels, that means uh, podcasts, that means individuals, that means artists. I mean, really, if anybody feels like they want to be a part of this campaign, just DM us on Instagram, send us a message, and uh, I'm sure we can figure out a way of working together. And for people that actually want to come to some of these events yes. as well, like you've just mentioned, like a festival, yes. is there anything that we can actually come and see and whether it is buying a ticket to actually come to one of the events or is there anything like that that our crazy birds can so, attend? Yes, definitely can. We are going to be having a number of offline events in November and February and then a much bigger event in May 2020, inshallah. And the idea and the climate crisis is going to be a huge part of that. The events in November are all going to be free. We're going to publicize them on our Instagram and our social media platforms. So please come. Please be a part of it. Once the bigger event is announced, we will let everybody know about the ticketing as well. Yeah, we have lots of plans. And uh, this is uh, anybody can come and participate. We'd love for people to come and participate. Awesome. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'm not sure how my singing and dancing is, but I'll definitely <laughs> attend the events. <laughs> well, we're not just focusing on storytelling. There, there's going to be a whole lot. So panel discussions, film screenings, talks, workshops, and a whole lot more. So, you know, there's room for everyone to participate and come and uh, be a part of this. That sounds great. Well, I'm definitely going to check out your social great. media and we'll link everything up as well for Thank our crazy you. birds so they can go there. Tanya, what would you say has been one of the most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? Starting this campaign, because the more we get into it, we're coming into this from the perspective mm -hmm. of people who want to work on this issue, but also people who are learning about it. You know, we don't know everything from the get-go. I don't have all the answers or our team doesn't have all the answers. We're learning from other people. There are mistakes that we're going to make in the process. But we're coming into it with the right intent and we're trying to get community partners on board. And we're saying we need different partners because we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the perspectives and we can't do it alone. The most important thing is for us to start the conversation and say, okay, look, we're going to do something tangible about it. But... I think that's the most important step that we've taken. It's it's to start the conversation, it's to tell people, yes, we're going to do something tangibly. Let's put our heads together and let's do something about it. I think that's that's our biggest step, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to still mention? One of the things that we're struggling with, and one of our team members actually pointed this out, you know, 
In fact, he sent me an article the other day talking about how there is this huge conversation about, you know, how people individually have a role to play and how you should stop using single use plastics, you should recycle, you should not waste water and a whole lot of things that we can do as individuals. But there is also, and there is a massive aspect of how corporations or governments across the world are responsible for a lot of what is taking place. And we as individuals have been, a lot of us are born into that system. And so while we can keep on talking about our collective responsibility as individuals, we really need to also put a lot of focus on that. And so that's an aspect that we're trying to figure out as to how we can go about it. Also, having said that, I don't want it to be like, okay, let's put our hands up. Because I do know, and I have seen this personally, when consumers or when people demand something, then corporations and even governments tend to make changes. Um, So wherever you are, Whatever your circumstances are, if you can make, if you can demand something at a supermarket, do that. If you can be in a space where you can be more politically active, go about and vote for the right people. If you can organize and do something in that capacity, do that. If you can protest, do that. If you can make changes within a corporation, just do something. You know, don't feel like you're helpless and there's nothing that you can do. But I I think for me, and as Kisago, one of our biggest challenges right now will be apart from changing people's behaviors is also looking into how when we all come together how can we deal with the corporations and like how can we get our message across to them and what can we do so I think that's a very important aspect if we if we just look at you know the current statistics that we currently have you know about 71 percent of greenhouse emissions is actually created by a hundred companies. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a hundred companies that you can get kind of on board. And we often think we don't have a voice. We we what we say doesn't matter. But you know, if if I come forward and I tell an organization, listen, I'm not gonna support you anymore because of X, Y, and Z, yeah. and then another consumer come and another consumer come, they're gonna be sitting there like hands up in the air and be like, whoa, okay, you know, I need to either do something or I'm going to lose a lot of customers. And I think it's that is when we have power because every single day we vote with our money. And, you know, we can cast a vote for an organization that's doing the right thing or we can cast the vote to someone that's not. And, you know, when we do that, we're like, it's like saying like, it's okay what you're doing, like destroy the planet. Like I don't want a planet to live in. So I think we do have a lot of power and it's like when you join efforts as organizations and as individuals, we can just make so much more change a lot quicker as well. And I think when people come together and start discussing an issue or start having a conversation about it. So for example, we are struggling with how can we approach corporations and how can we deal with this aspect. You know, like you said, 70% carbon emissions come from 100 companies. I was talking to somebody yesterday and she mentioned how The Guardian posted an article a while back about how 20 companies, and these are huge companies across the globe, are responsible for so much wrong that is happening. But these companies have such a massive impact on our lives. Mm. But I'm sure, like, when we put our heads together, there is definitely something 
that we can do. Collectively, things can happen. I mean, this is not a conversation that was happening in the media. It was not, it hadn't taken center stage. But after the global climate strike, after a lot of people came together, it definitely has become much more mainstream. So there is a lot of room for things to be done. And also, we, we're talking to someone right now. We've partnered with someone right now. And this is a hugely important conversation to have. Being sustainable, being environment friendly makes financial sense. Exactly. You know, it makes financial sense. So a lot of policies change because of economics. And if you're worried about economics, then um, change your policies and make them environment friendly. We are talking to a hotel right now and they said beach cleanups are not something which are at the forefront of hotels. You know, if you tell them, come and clean up the beach. But if you tell them that their tourism intake will be affected if they have dirty beaches mm. right outside their hotels, then they'll be more keen on coming and participating. So speak to people in the language that they understand. Environmental issues are economic issues, are health issues, are human issues. We need to look at this from a multitude of perspectives. And it's important. It's important that we do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. We are going to move into our final five. Okay. What is one social media account or publication that you follow? Lots of them, but one that I'd like to point out, and uh, I really enjoy her content, is Shahzil M. She's an illustrator, and uh, she she's an illustrator that takes on uh, a lot of issues within her society and she puts it out in a way which is uh, which really connects with people who see her imagery and the images that she produces and I if, she's not one of those accounts which I go into and I go like okay now after a few days I need to unfollow her yeah <laughs> I've been enjoying her content on a regular basis you know and she's always talking about issues that matter and in a fun or interesting way. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope is that the momentum will continue, that people will realize that each one of us, whether it's a school student, whether it's a house make, homemaker, whether it's someone at a salon, whether it's a cab driver, whether it's me, you, all of us r realize that our attitudes, our behaviors can change things. Let's start small, but we can work our way up to bigger, deeper, more meaningful conversations, and we can do a lot. And I'm hoping this this clock that's ticking, we can all come together before that. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Come and join our campaign. <laughs> Great one. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? This comes as a shock to a lot of people, but I think this also puts a lot of things in perspective. In the next three decades, there are going to be anywhere between 25 million to a billion climate refugees in the world. Wow. I mean, let that sink in. Refugees because of climate changes. We don't realize it, but there are a number of things that are already happening because of the climate crisis. There are conflicts that are taking place because of the climate crisis. And this number is only going to increase. And we don't have the capacity to deal with it. We don't have the resources or we don't have the mindset to deal with it, you know? So better take some action before that. And where can people actually find you? We're super active on Instagram, on our Facebook too, but Instagram definitely. 
It's Kissago Official, so Q-I-S-S-A-G-O, and then Official. Kissago Official again on Facebook. You can message us uh, and we'll definitely get back to you. Cool, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Mariska. It was really a pleasure being here. You're most welcome. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds. <laughs>